the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus said, what if you were to gain the whole world, everything you could imagine, but you forfeit or lose your own soul in the end? Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. I entitled this message, When Truth is exposed. Have you ever been faced with a moment of truth? When everything's exposed, it's when the rubber meets the road. It's when reality stares us, I guess you could say, right in the face. Yes, there comes a day for every person who's ever lived when we must face the truth, whether we like it or not. It was Winston Churchill, the prime minister of Great Britain during World War II, that said this quote, Men stumble over the truth at times, but most pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing happened, end quotes. And why is that? Well, the truth can be harsh, as you know, and it can certainly be hard to swallow. Yes, sometimes the truth hurts, plus it can cost us. That's why a lot of Americans struggle with telling the truth. In fact, they did a survey of 40,000 Americans and 93% admitted to lying regularly at work. And it's not just at work. Like when our wives ask us, does this outfit make me look fat? Men from around the world would unanimously say, absolutely not. It's just what we do. Yes, the truth is not always easy to speak, is it? And it's like when your best friend has a new outfit. What do you think? And you're just like, did you get dressed in the closet with the lights turned out? You're thinking that, but you don't know if you really want to say that. Yes, it's just what happens. It's not easy. The truth is not always easy, again, to speak, nor is it what most people want to hear anyway. It was Albert Einstein that said this, whoever is careless with the truth in small matters cannot be trusted with important matters. Yet we as Christians have been given, listen, a great privilege and an honor to bear the truth to our generation. We're called by God to speak truth to this generation. Jesus said in John 8, 32, that we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. Yes, isn't that amazing? God is willing to share truth with us. We can know truth. Well, let's look at our first point, looking for truth, as we read starting in John chapter 12, picking up In verse 20, it says, Now there were some Greeks among those who were going up to worship at the feast, which is, of course, the Passover feast. 
These then came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee. And he began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. So they knew that Philip was one of the disciples. They came to Philip and said, hey, man, we want to see Jesus. Man, somehow, somewhere, you got to get us to see Jesus. Verse 22, Philip came and told Andrew. And Andrew and Philip came and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Wow, these are some heavy words. Well, this is an interesting situation to say the least. We have these Greeks in Jerusalem here for the Passover. And they want what? They want to see Jesus. They have just witnessed this entire nation of people, because you have to remember, the Jews all went to Jerusalem for the Passover. So during this Holy Week, there's like a million Jews crammed into Jerusalem. And what did they witness? They witnessed all these people crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. They heard the stories of what Jesus had done. And all they could say is, we have to talk to this Jesus. So Andrew and Philip brought these Greeks to Jesus. Now, notice, every time we read of Andrew in the Bible, this is Simon Peter's brother, Andrew, he's always bringing someone to Jesus. I'm sure he did many other things in his life, but the fact is, when we read about him in the scripture, it's because he's bringing someone to Jesus. First, in John chapter 1, we see him bring his own brother, Simon Peter, to Jesus. He says, brother, you're not going to believe it. We found the Messiah. And he brought Peter, whose name originally was Simon. Jesus changed it to Peter. And he says, we have found the Messiah. And when Jesus saw Peter, he says, I am going to make you a fisher of men. Second, in John 6, we saw Andrew bring a small boy with five loaves of fish or five loaves of bread and two fish to Jesus. Remember, Jesus asked him, hey, we need to feed these people. Feed these people? Jesus, have you lost your mind? There's 5,000 men here alone, not counting their wives and all the kids. There's like 15,000 people here. Where in the world will we get enough food to feed 15,000 people? Think about that. How many in and out trucks are going to have to come in to feed 15,000 people? We're going to need a ton of food. So Jesus said, will you feed them? And they're like, this is overwhelming. But it was Andrew that said, well, you know, there's a little kid over here. He's got a little sack lunch. (laughs) Will, Will that help? And Jesus said, okay. So, so Andrew brought the little boy to Jesus, and he took those five loaves and two fish, and he offered it up to the Lord, and the fish just kept multiplying. It just said the basket never was empty. And he, just, and he fed 15,000 people until they were all stuffed. And then, of course, you know, we have here the third time. He's bringing these Gentiles, these Greeks, who are seeking Jesus. He brought them to Jesus. If we would only do the same thing today, if we would just bring people, 
It's like, hey, man, you need to come to church with me. Hey, why don't you just come with me? It's like if we would just bring people to Jesus. There was three young girls. There were sisters here, and they were all here today. And I said, how did you guys get here? And they all pointed to this other girl who's been coming to church here for quite some time. It's <laughs> just like, hey, well, she brought us. You know, it's like she was bringing them to see the message here today. And she brought them. It's like, wow, if we would just do the same thing that Andrew did. For there are so many people today who are looking for answers in this life. So many people that are so freaked out about the whole COVID thing. People are asking, like, why am I here? What is my purpose on this planet? Is there something to this life that I'm not seeing yet? There's going to be more than what I'm living so far. And guess what? God has given to us, every one of us. He's given us the answers. Oh, well, Pastor, I can't talk like you. You're like a nonstop talking machine. I don't talk like that. Well, you know, start learning to talk more. You don't have to talk like me. God wants to use you for who you are. And just start saying something. Say something. Say anything. Invite people to come. You never know. They might just say yes. But we have the answers to life. We know where hope is. Hope is in Christ. And like these Greeks in our text who were seeking the truth from Jesus, understand, they couldn't find it where they lived. Now understand, in this time, Greece was considered to be the center of human wisdom. They prided themselves in philosophy, the pursuit of wisdom and knowledge. They thought of themselves as a civilized society. Yet they were very open and free about their pursuit of pleasure. They had no absolutes, and they did whatever they thought was right in their own eyes, just like many do here in America. Yet many fail to recognize that there's a price to pay when you do whatever you want to do. Oh, people can say what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas, but guess what? It'll find you out, and it will not always stay in Vegas. For doing whatever we want to do, there's a price to pay. For we, along with all of society, are going to have to answer for the sins that we commit in this life and also the next life to come. Everything from our vices to the failed motives of our hearts. I wonder if these Greeks who were seeking Jesus had kind of seen it all. Like, man, we've done everything. We've done it all once. We lived in a culture where everything goes, and we've done everything at least once. They probably were pretty well off. They had the money to travel all the way to Jerusalem and probably stay in the nicest places and all of that. But guess what? It appears that they were still empty because they were looking for something. That's why they came just like many people are still looking for something here in America. For we are a people who have so much, yet we're so empty. The most prosperous nation on the planet, yet many are empty, spoiled with the toys of technology that dazzle our senses, yet they leave our souls empty and void. I wonder if these Greeks stood back and they watched Jesus at a distance. Maybe they asked, who is this man that everyone's crying out to? How does he do the things that he's done? We have heard him that he has made the blind see, the lame walk. He's even raised people from the dead. How does he do all of this stuff? And then when he speaks, oh my goodness, he speaks with such power, with such passion and such conviction. Not like dead religious leaders speak. 
when you go to some churches and it's just like, oh man, that was a royal waste of time. It's like I got nothing out of that. Well, I'm not sure what it was, but one thing for sure I know is this. There was something that was so radically different about Jesus than anybody they have ever seen. It wasn't like walking in to some place where just everything's the same. It was different this time. Again, when Jesus spoke, he always made sense. It was like he was talking to us directly. These Greeks wanted more of Jesus. And after witnessing an entire city that was packed for the Passover come together, crying out to Jesus and crowning him King of the Jews, their long-awaited Messiah and Savior, they wanted a piece of that. And Jesus said in verse 25, he says, He who loves this life will lose it. And he who hates this life in this world, you'll keep it for all eternity. Jesus also said this in the Gospel of Matthew. He added to that, and he says, in Matthew 16, 26, he says, For what shall a man be profited if he gain the whole world, and yet he forfeits or loses his own soul? What a crazy thing to say, and it's so true. Like, what is the most radical thing your imagination could ever grasp onto? I want the baddest car that could ever be built. I want the fastest car. I want the nicest house. I want to go up to Beverly Hills and and pick up the nicest house that I could ever imagine living in. And I want to live there. I want to have servants. I I want to have a butler. I want a maid. I I don't want to ever do dishes again. How much can your imagination go? And God says, what if you had it all? What if you won the big Powerball, a billion dollars? Okay, you're going to have to pay $400 million in taxes. I don't care. I'll pay the penalties and take the cash out. And what if you just got $500 million dropped on you? I'm going to buy a $100 million house and I got $400 million left over. That's a lot of money. What if you had it all? Jesus says, what if you were to gain the whole world, everything you could imagine, but you forfeit or lose your own soul in the end? What have you gained? You've gained nothing. And that's the whole point. What if you had it all, but you still lost your soul? See, Jesus gives us all insight to the true meaning of life. He addresses the very core of our being, and he uses terms that at first... They appear to be nothing more than an oxymoron. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And it flies in the face of conventional wisdom. The world tells us, gain more earthly wisdom. you got to know more, study more, go to more colleges. You have to have more degrees. You have to be driven to succeed. you got to be somebody. Put your name up in the clouds. No, you've got to be known in high places. You have to exceed every goal that could ever come your way. You have to embrace new heights. Yet that might be fine for a career, but is that all? I mean, what happens after the dust settles for those that have made their mark? They've made their mark in life. Why are their hearts still empty? Yes, boredom is inescapable. Beauty is fading. And living in this life will always lose its luster. Jesus said, if you save your life, you save your own aspirations, you save your desires and what you want to do, your plans, your purposes. If you try to save everything you want, Jesus says, you are going to lose your life in the end. Yet, if you lose your life, 
your aspirations, your desires, your plans and purposes for my sake. You forget what you want and you do what I want you to do. Then you will gain your life and you will save your life and have life eternal in heaven. Yes, it's true. Money, fame, success, they can buy you a house, but it cannot buy you a family. How many rich people are divorced and, you know, exploded and children are a mess in wealthy families? Money can buy you the most expensive bed you could ever buy, but it cannot buy you sleep in that bed. Money can buy us cars and clothes and endless gadgets and exotic vacations. It can buy us everything but satisfaction. Only Jesus can deliver on that. Which brings up our second point. Knowing his purpose. Jesus knew his purpose. Jesus knew why he came. He came to this earth for one reason. Not to be a good moral leader, which he was. Not to be some guru or someone to follow, which he was someone to follow. Not to be just a good moral example, which he was a great moral example. But that's not why he came. He came very clearly to deliver humanity. And that's why he said in verse 23 that his hour has come. My hour's come. Like it was destined for me to come and die, and my hour is now here. He's in the Holy Week now. It's just a matter of a few days, 72 hours, and he's going to be arrested. He's going to be taken in some mock trial. Know this, his death is the single biggest event in all of human history. For Jesus came to die for the sin of all humanity, but yet all humanity will not be forgiven of their sin. Only those who will come to him and bow down to him are the only ones who will be forgiven. Everyone else will not be forgiven. And his resurrection guarantees that those who embrace him will rise again with him. He says, I am the firstborn of the resurrection. Yes, true believers have a future in heaven with him, and he has proven that by rising from the dead himself. Yes, for those who repent of their sins, those who are born again, born from above, born from God, they're now able to find true satisfaction from the black hole of emptiness that surrounds us all. Let's read what Jesus goes on to say here in John chapter 12, picking up in verse 27. He says, now my soul has become troubled. He's troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. He says, but it was for this purpose that I came for this hour. I don't want delivered. People are like, what are you talking about? Save from what hour? See, they still don't get it. Multiple times up to this point, in the last few weeks, going through the Gospels, leading up to this time, Jesus continued to tell the disciples, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, that I'm going to be handed over to the Gentiles, and I will be crucified. And they're like, uh, what? What? It sounds so foreign to them. You've got to be kidding me. You're the king. You're the, you're the Messiah. You're going to be crucified? This, this is ridiculous. They, they didn't get it at all. He says, it was for this reason that I came. So, Father, don't deliver me. Glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So the crowd of people who stood by and they heard were saying that it was thunder. Wait, others are saying, no, 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 an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice 
has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now judgment is upon the world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. But he was saying this to indicate what kind of death that he was going to die. I'm going to be lifted up. They're going to nail me to a cross. People are going to look at me. But I'll draw all men to myself. Will all men come to him? No. Because people are arrogant. They don't want to come. But they can. They can. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. God doesn't care what nationality you are. Doesn't care what skin your color is. Doesn't care what shape of your eyes. God says, whoever comes to me, I will in no way cast out. Wow. Notice now Jesus in verse 27, though, he said, my, my soul has become troubled. Yes, the plan from the beginning was that Jesus, the Savior, would die. The Creator would come and live as a man and die for his creation. Know this, we have all sinned. There's none righteous. The Bible tells us there's, everyone has sinned. There's none righteous, not even one As you know, some people are better than others. Obviously, there's people in this world, they're just total scumbags. I don't care what color their skin is. I don't care what nationality they come from. You know, there are scumbag white people, scumbag Hispanics, scumbag black people, scumbag Asians. I mean, they're just scumbags. They do things that are wrong. They're just career criminals. And then there's other people that are white, black, Asian, and Hispanic that are the kindest people ever. But yet, even in our kindness, we have all sinned. We have all done things wrong. We have not been holy all the way through and through, even in our best of life. But God came to live among us. He came to show us a new way. He came to buy us back from the bondage of sin and death. Yet, verse 27 says, his soul was troubled. Now, that word troubled in the Greek language, it means that he was agitated inside. He was filled with anxiety. Not because he knew that he was going to be tortured, beat, and bruised more than any man has ever been bruised. In fact, the Bible never gives a description of what Jesus looked like. No, it never gives us anything about Jesus other than it says he didn't have an appearance that we'd be attracted to him. So he wasn't, you know, Mr. Brad Pitt or Hugh Jackman or something. He didn't have that look like all the movies have. Every time it's like, oh, who's playing Jesus? Oh, it's the good-looking one. Yes, there he is with the beautiful smile and the beautiful eyes. Oh, that's the one that's Jesus. No, the Bible says, no, he didn't have that look. We'd be attracted to him not by how he looked, but for who he was and what he did. The Bible gives us another description of Jesus, again, not talking about his outward appearance, but he says, he was so marred on the cross that you could not tell he was a man. He was so brutally beaten and savagely ripped apart, they said that they pulled the beard out of his face. He was beaten with clubs and rods and fists. He was just completely, just so mangled, you couldn't tell he was a man. The Bible says Jesus was more ripped apart than anyone. You couldn't even tell he was a man. They were so brutal against him. But was he agitated because of that? Of course he wasn't. He knew he would be tortured and crucified. But he went on to say, it was for this purpose that he came. So that part of Jesus being agitated was this. 
not what was going to happen to him physically, but he knew that the sin of the world would be cast upon his pure, sinless body. The sin of the world, your sin, my sin, the sin of 7.5 billion people today and all the millions and hundreds of millions of people that have lived in times past would all be poured upon his sinless body. 1 Peter 3.18 put it like this, For Christ also died for the sins once for all. The just, him for the unjust, us so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Wow. Yes, Jesus, he was getting ready to die for the sin of all humanity. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.